The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, Episode 75. With 84.7 million international tourists in 2013, France is the most visited country in the world. But don't look now, here comes the U.S. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that will teach you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is a man from the future, Jason Moore, host of his own awesome travel podcast, Zero to Travel. Jace, what's going on? How is the future treating you? Yes, I am in the future because I'm nine hours ahead of you here in Norway and you're in Portland, Oregon. And it's so weird, man, because we were just talking earlier today, trying to figure out a time to record this podcast. I guess it was earlier today for you, but for me, it was nighttime and now it's night for you and it's morning for me and I'm drinking coffee. I don't know, man. I feel like there's a DeLorean going to go by any minute and we're going back to the future. I have no idea what's going on. It's so strange. Isn't time so funny like that? You just got up, you're drinking coffee. I should be going to bed. I probably won't be going to bed for another couple hours, but I should be going to bed. And there you are in tomorrow. You are in tomorrow right now. I, I would love to have Stephen Hawking on this interview just to, so he could put his two cents in on, on the time thing. Yeah, I heard he's coming on the travel podcast in like a <laughs> week or two, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. So, dude, can you believe it? This episode is kicking off week five of Podcast Gluttony. It's been five weeks in a row that we've released a show every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So this is episode 21 of Podcast Gluttony. I've said it before and I'll say it again, Trav. I'm I'm still not full. I'm loving the gluttony. I'm not getting full at all. I'm I'm really enjoying this and uh yeah, it's been great stuff. So keep keep it rolling, man. Yeah, earlier tonight I ate at my favorite food cart in all of Portland, the PBJ grilled food cart, and I'm still not full. So let's oh, just man. keep rocking I- it. Yeah, I remember we went there together when we were in Portland, and I didn't know that you could make so many different types of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. There was a Thai peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I was like, how does that work? They had fried shrimp in it and some orange marmalade jelly that this woman made. And oh, man, what it was delicious. Sounds gross, but uh, they grill these things up just so good. What'd you have? It's, it's amazing. We had one today called the Oregonian. It actually has roast duck in it. She just redid <laughs> her menu. So if anyone is in Portland, like you live in Portland or you want to travel to Portland, we actually did a show as part of Podcast Gluttony where we kind of talked about our favorite places in Portland. So you can look that up. It's Destination Portland, extrapackpants.com slash Destination Portland. But the PBJ food cart, Chase, is is my second, well, my first or second favorite thing. I love salt and straw ice cream as well. Combine those two, man, I would live here. I would move here just for those two things. So we had, yeah, roast, one with roast duck. And then we had one that was like a dessert one with pumpkin pie and filling. And it it was crazy. They're all awesome. And she's going to be getting her own restaurant apparently in May. So really cool. Oh, man. 
I would love to be in the kitchen with her when she's concocting these crazy sandwiches. Like, I don't know how she comes up with this stuff, but the way she puts it together is just so, so good. It's so good. Maybe, maybe we'll do an episode at one point of our top 10 food trucks. Now, they're probably all going to be in Portland for me because Portland Absolutely. does it right. I- yeah, the food trucks are amazing. I think, honestly, you should just go to that one cart and just do the top 10 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches you've had. I, I could do that. I actually had an idea earlier today of me doing a crazy stunt where I ate at every single food cart in Portland. Now there's like 500 or 600, so it might take a while. But hey, man, like we said, we're never getting full. It wouldn't be the worst quest in the world. And I have to tell everybody who's listening that you may not know, but Travis has a peanut butter and jelly wallet. He actually took his wallet out to pay for something in Portland. I was like, what is that? You taking a sandwich out of your pocket? And it was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich looking wallet thing. I don't know who makes wallet, MightyWallet.com. You can find them there. Yeah, those were cool, man. Dude, speaking of cool quests, I mean, we're going to do a list episode again. These are some of my favorite episodes to do. We're going to be revealing our top 14 most beautiful places on earth. So if you want a cool quest, you can listen to this. You can say, I'm just going to go wherever they tell me is the most beautiful. I don't think we're going to have any overlap. The cool thing about doing it with you on as a co-host, Jace, is that we don't really know everywhere that each other has been since we both only started to get to know each other about two years ago. So I'm really interested to hear your top seven. I'll give my top seven total of 14. You know, it's going to include a beautiful beach that you need to get to early in order to appreciate fully, a temple that makes you feel like you're in the world's coolest treehouse, and a place that I floated in every single day for four straight months. So there are a little bit of teasers there. So you want to listen all the way through. There's going to be some crazy places. Those are on my list. I don't know what's on Jason's list. Guys, embrace the wanderlust because by listening to this, you're going to be in the full yearning mode. This list was very difficult to put together. And I mean, to rank something like this is obviously impossible. But I wanted to ask you, how are you, did you sort of define beautiful as what you say is a beautiful place in your head before you put this together? Like, how did you, how did you do this? I, it was very difficult. It was agonizing for me. I was sitting here with Heather and I was saying like, I was just moving stuff up and down on the list. And I thought, I, I you know, comparing some of these places is basically impossible. But hey, we're out to do the impossible here on this show. You know, we're doing it. We're doing the hard work so you don't have to. I, I don't know how I define it. There was no real description. It was just what made me feel such a sense of wonder and amazement that when I was there, I just thought, oh my gosh, this is this is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. That's basically how I described it. And then I tried to rank how I felt compared to how I felt somewhere else. So really, it's a very fluid list. But yeah, that that was my only criteria. Yeah, I have to say just before we get into it that, you know, there are, there's obviously going to be many, many, many things missing off of this list, but I have not been to Africa and I have not been to New Zealand or Australia. So, I unfortunately I can't include any of those beautiful destinations, which obviously that's a lot of the world, but um, you know, that I just wanted to throw that out there in case people are like, "Hey, well what about this this and that?" You know, I know we always like to start a little controversy here in these lists. It's all about and, the uh, controversy. You can take you can take those to the comments and we'll we'll get into it with you there, but that's just something I wanted to mention. Yeah, as we always say, these have to be places that we've been to, so obviously some places we haven't. And as Jay said, bring it to the comments, let us know. You can go to extrapackofpeanuts.com/beautifulspots. 
leave a comment. Tell us you know, the most beautiful places you've been. Obviously, we're looking for places to go to, and we haven't been everywhere. So we want to know, especially on this one, let us know where you've been because there are so many unspoiled places that, that a lot of people don't know about. So tell us in the comments, extrapackpants.com slash beautiful spots. Let us know there. Jace, I'm ready to jump into this list. I, of course, as always, have a few honorable mentions before we get into our top seven each. Should I just run through them real quick? Oh, man. It's you, too early they, in the see, morning this, for you, right? These, these honorable mentions, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a great way to circumvent the rules. Yeah, yeah. We do like to bend the rules here. So yeah, roll with those honorable mentions. All I right. just, I consolidated them. I cheated a bit too, as I always do. So uh, I'll, I'll keep my honorable mentions to myself because they're all kind of compiled within a list. But go ahead. I want to hear right. them. I'll give, you, I'll give you three. And this was easy for me to cheat with because I mentioned two of these on another podcast. So I felt okay leaving them out, even though they would probably be on my most beautiful spots list. That's the Pacific Coast Highway and the Great Ocean Road in Australia. If you want to hear about our favorite road trips that me and Heather did together, you can go to extrapackofpants.com slash drive. That was a really fun podcast. We really get into the Pacific Coast Highway, what we loved about it, the Great Ocean Road. I left them off this list only because they were on another podcast, not because they wouldn't make the list. So I had to, I had to cut stuff. You know, we're, we're being semantics here. And the other thing was one we just did, and that was Boreas Pass out in Breckenridge. Right after you left Breckenridge, Jace, the Aspens changed. It was absolutely phenomenal. Oh, yeah. I have a few videos. I'll try to link them up if possible in the show notes or something like that. But just us driving through Berea's Pass with the Aspens changing. So those are three that didn't make my list for various reasons, but absolutely beautiful stuff. I'm so glad you got to see the Aspen trees kick in. It's such a beautiful time. Uh, It's different than the fall in the Northeast in a totally different way, but equally as beautiful, right? Oh, stunning. Absolutely stunning. So, all right, you know, with the caveats that those are beautiful places as well, you cannot go wrong with that. Jace, why don't you kick it off? Give us your number seven. Okay, well, you know what? You got to do some honorable mentions. So I want to do one honorable mention. Oh, you're sneaking it in there. I know. Sneaking it in there. After I gave you a hard time. My honorable mention is very sort of comprehensive, but it's European cities. European cities. It's you got like Bruges, you got Paris. I know it's I know it's too much, but I just I couldn't I couldn't put a lot of cities in here because I'm I love nature and I love sort of scenery and hiking and being outdoors and stuff like that. So I just wanted to throw European cities as a general oh, just, category. Man, just, you- you just give me crap. You give me crap for actually like giving specifics. You're just going to throw a whole continent worth whole of beautiful cities in yes. honorable mention. Yeah. Well, there you go. Right I'll, there. I'll join you because I actually was going to put Paris at night on my list. I have a love hate relationship with Paris at night. It's absolutely stunning. That was going to be on my list and I totally forgot to write it down. So we'll throw that on there as well. Paris, uh, I can take it or leave it during the day. It's really busy, really crowded at night. Oh my gosh. Grab a bike. Just start biking around. It's it's incredible. Wait, wait. Your intro song doesn't he say that I'll show you Paris in the morning? Yeah. Well, he's wrong. Show someone you're, Paris you're at night. To, yeah, you're gonna have to rewrite that. I yeah, think. I won't re-sing it though. Um, no one wants to hear that. All right. So European <laughs> cities <laughs> with honorable mentions. Give so, us your actual number seven, then. I will. Right now, number seven is another place in Europe. I don't know if you've been here, but I am very much into hiking and doing stuff in the outdoors and trying to kind of mix active travel, you know, stuff that makes you sweat a little bit with 
just exploring a town, exploring a local culture, and all the other stuff that uh, you like to do when you're traveling. So I think this is a good blend of all of those things. And the place is Cinque Terre in Italy. Have you been? Have not been. That is right up on the top of me and Heather's list. We haven't actually been to Italy when it's been nice enough to really experience it there. Yeah, and it's just such a gorgeous place. Yes, it's it's very touristed. People do know about it. It's not like it's some off-the-beaten-path place where you're going to show up and you're going to be the only people there <laughs> exploring it. But if you go at the right times of year, particularly shoulder season in the spring or the fall, you can go there. And what it is, it's five Italian villages tucked onto these mountain cliffs along the Mediterranean, and you can hike from village to village. There's a train that takes you to all the villages. So what you usually do, or what you can do, is take the train all the way to the last village, and then you can hike back through all five. So you just got beautiful views of the Mediterranean Ocean, olive trees on your right, mountains, and you'll come around the corner and just look down on this cute, quaint little village, which you're going to, where you can stop and get a gelato, you can get... Uh, pasta, you can get an amazing Italian meal, do the little town thing, and then keep going back onto the trail, head over to the next town. So you get to explore all these these five little towns and hike along the way. And I would recommend staying in one of the smaller towns. I've stayed in Rio Maggiore twice on two different trips. And it's a very romantic place, a beautiful place to live. You'll notice my list, I said, is a little hiking, trekking heavy. I do have trekking week coming up on the Zero to Travel podcast. You need some cool intro music before you say that. Like, yeah. bum, 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 <laughs> trekking week on the Zero to Travel podcast. Yeah, I'm going to have to add that into the into the voiceover list for my boy, Lou. It's a good idea. But um, yeah, so Cinque Terre, uh, number seven on my list. And I'll turn it over to you. What's your number seven? Yeah, I know plenty of people have said that's like right at the top of their list. I Although everyone pronounces it differently, right? Like Cinque Terre, Cinque Terre, Cinque Terre, whatever. No, I, no Cinque ma- Terre. <laughs> yeah, no matter how you pronounce it, I've heard it's stunning. Me and Heather need to get there. It's, it's been on our list, but you know you can't really do it in the winter as much. It's hard to get around. So we'll have to do it during one of those shoulder seasons. Number seven for me is Coder Montenegro. We went to Coder for one day right down from Dubrovnik, about an hour and a half drive south into Montenegro. Just stunning. I've never been to Norway, Jace. I can't really see out your apartment's window right now, but I do imagine that Coder looks a lot like Norway does. You have these like really amazing cliffs coming right down to the, to these like fjords and lakes and it's just it's so cool it's not what i expected it's not like the coastline of croatia which is absolutely stunning as well again we talk about that on our road trips episode so i would you know go listen to that beautiful spots as well it's it's a lot different it's a lot more I, I, it just looks so different than Croatia. It's it's fascinating. Um, and when you go to Coder, you can hike up the the back of you know the, these old ruins, kind of this old wall, all the way up the hill. We told the story in another podcast when we talked about our favorite foods. If you want to, guys, we we talk about everything here about me eating like this goat cheese from this random guy up in the hills. But just a really really neat area that gets way overlooked because everyone goes to do Brubnik in Croatia, and it's fantastic. But if you're there and you have a day, you can even do a day trip if you want. Take the hour and a half down to Coder. It, it's so different from the Croatian coast. I think you'll you'll love it. Yeah, this sounds like an incredible area. I mean, I've heard just a few of your stories from this trip that you guys took. I mean, you had some crazy adventurous tales and some things happen along the way, too, that I'm sure if you haven't shared yet, you will be sharing at some point. But uh, it, this just sounds like an amazing part of the world. 
Yeah, I, I loved the Balkans. I love Montenegro. I've, everyone goes to Croatia. A lot of people go to Croatia. It's really cool. I loved Montenegro. We loved Bosnia. We didn't get out to Serbia or anything like that. But Bosnia was an, another really great drive. It honestly looked like Switzerland to me when you're driving through the Bosnian countryside to Sarajevo. It's not what people pictured as. And, you know, before I went, I couldn't really tell you what what Montenegro is like or what Bosnia was like. I only knew what I thought it was like, which was very little. Definitely try to get to Coder Montenegro, though. Uh, it's it's hard to describe, but it, it reminds me of what I've seen of Norway when I've seen pictures. Cool. Yeah, I'm always looking to add on to the bucket list, so I'll have to stick that one on it. My number six is something that you had mentioned in honorable mentions, which is the Pacific Coast Highway. Ooh. And that's the road that runs all the way from Canada to Mexico on the west coast of America. It is just absolutely breathtaking, really. It's the views, especially particularly outside of San Francisco, Big Sur and that whole area. And one of my bucket list items, speaking of bucket lists, is to ride a bike along the Pacific Coast Highway because it's a very popular thing to do. I think it takes about two months, but you can ride your bike and, and many people do it all the way up and down the Pacific Coast Highway. Your Some bike people, or your elliptigo. Or your elliptigo, which Travis is going to do. Maybe we'll meet him on the coast and zip down the, to Mexico or Canada there from Portland. But um, how's that coming, by the way? Yeah, it's it's. I mean, the idea is there. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, the Pacific Coast Highway, just just in, incredible scenery. And you meet so many characters along the way. You know, it's one of the things about America is when you can find those mom and pop places that aren't the chain or that you're away from the shopping centers and all that type of stuff. It's just magic. And there are a lot of people up and down the coast that run bed and breakfasts, or you can stop in a restaurant that's local, that's been owned, get some fresh seafood. It's just so many great experiences to be had, not just the views, but there's something about renting a convertible and riding down the Pacific Coast Highway that is something you must do in life. Yeah, quintessential American experience. Me and Heather did it from basically San Fran down all the way through Big Sur you know, to Cambridge, like to Paso Robles and down that area and then back up. So we haven't done the whole thing, just that little section in California that I think most people think of, you know, the, the section between San Fran and LA and all. Stunning. Stunning. It, it Every time you go around a corner, you think, I'm going to get a picture of this and this is going to be the best picture ever. And then you go around the next one and you stop again. It takes you 10 hours to do like a what would take you one hour if yeah. you're actually driving. It's hard to compare these things. I've done the Amalfi Coast, which was, uh, I don't want to say similar, but I, I've been on many beautiful drives all over the world, and Pacific Coast Highway still takes the cake for me. There you go. My number six is the Li River area in Yangshou, China. We talked about this, me and Heather, on another podcast, when we talked about our top 10 days, like exper travel experiences. This was actually my number one favorite day of travel ever. And so wow. again, yeah, we get more into like that actual day that we did and kind of what we did going through all the villages and stuff. But as far as being beautiful, I mean, there's these karst landscapes, these limestone cliffs that come out of the the river and you're just, you're just heading down a lot like Halong Bay and um, Vietnam and you're coming down and, you know, then you get to Yang Show and you, we stayed outside in a rural area and we actually climbed to the top of one of these karsts. It, it was very hard. It was straight up and you get to the top and you're just overlooking all these karsts. It it feels like you're in Jurassic Park. It's, wow. it's just a crazy different 
type of scenery. And we're at the top of this karst and I just was looking out over all the other ones, you know, we're higher than anything around and they're all covered in trees. And you're, you're just looking out, it, you feel like you're on top of the world. And I just thought, man, I, I've never seen anything like this before. And I probably won't see anything like this again. That's a huge statement that the best travel day you've ever had. Yes, was in Yangshou, China, when we mm. rented bikes and biked around. And part of that was climbing to the top of these karsts. We did some other cool stuff. Again, that's in the the one podcast episode of our top 10 travel experiences. So you can listen to that whole thing. But yeah, that area, the Lee River area with those karsts is phenomenal. Yeah, something about renting bikes and getting a chance to just cruise around pedaling and seeing stuff at a nice slow pace. I I want to kick out to honorable mentions because I should have mentioned this once again. But I'd say ru- as far as ruins go, the ruins in Thailand and in Cambodia uh, at, outside of Angkor Wat and in Angkor Wat Temple Complex, if you can just rent a bike and cruise around, something about pedaling on your bike and seeing r- ancient ruins is it's just magic. Sorry, I had to, to jump right out of the list and bring another honorable mention in there because I was looking at my list and I absolutely love going to ruins because my hero growing up was Indiana Jones. I mean, what kid didn't like Indiana Jones, right? So something about going to ruins makes you feel like you're strapping on your leather bag and you got your whip and, and you're you're on some kind of like little adventure of your own. So sorry I had to get back to the honorable mentions. Well, but. I mean, not to, to plug yet another episode we've done before, but we've talked about a lot of these before. Angkor Wat is my number one favorite cultural what would we say, like a place to go in terms of um, a, a historical monument, I guess we called it. Angkor Wat is, is my number one thing to see in the world. I didn't put it on my most beautiful list because we've talked about it before, but yeah, it's it's incredible. Again, go listen to that episode. You, you can find that all linked up. We'll link it up in the show notes as well. Angkor Wat, yeah, I'm with you, Jace. People need to see it, especially before it kind of you know, gets more and more touristy and they might start closing down parts of it. Go see it now. But let's go. All right. You're number five because we are just, I mean, we could just talk about everything as yeah, we've ever been, yeah, right? I know. I was going to start telling a bunch of stories and I, yeah, we got to get back to this list. Number five is a special place for me and a beautiful place. And maybe this could go on another list if we do another episode. Have you guys done an episode on top hostels you've stayed in or anything like that? We have. Top accommodations. Okay. Okay. This is uh. This was one of mine. I guess uh, this is probably the best at the time. Maybe it was ten or fifteen dollars a night. As far as the, the price, this was probably one of the best views I ever woke up to in my life at any price point. Let alone this hostile price point, waking up in a bunk and looking out the window. And this is in the Jungfrau region of Switzerland. And Please place- tell me it's the one I'm thinking of. Go ahead. I'll let you it's speak. It's the Mountain Hostel in it, Gimmelwald. Yes, me and Heather stayed there. That is yes, an awesome, awesome place. I, incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, that's so cool that you guys stayed there. We probably this is, we may have slept in the same bed at one point, Jason. <laughs> that's true. So this, yeah, this is. Excuse me. That's my morning morning voice there. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, this hostel was a place for me. That's it's very special because it's a place where I got introduced kind of to hiking. Now, I'd been out walking in the woods before, so I'd been on hikes, but I was 24 years old, pretty fresh out of college, just spent a year on, on the road, on tour in the U.S., and I got to do finally my dream trip, and I was going to go backpacking in Europe, and this was a first solo backpacking trip, and it 
and it changed my life. I mean, I'm doing still involved with traveling, and I absolutely changed my life forever. You're waking up at 7.30 to a travel podcast. You wouldn't have done that without the Mountain Hostel and Gimmelwald. No, that's exactly right. So I got there and just surrounded by these beautiful mountains and just started walking into the mountains and just spent days sleeping up there and hiking in the mountains. And that's where I really fell in love with with hiking. And now it's been a huge part of my life for so many years. It's a very, very magical place. Highly recommended to visit. Yeah, the Mountain Hostel in Gimmelwald, you would go into Interlochen. That's the area in Switzerland. And then Gimmelwald's the town up in the mountains. It has about 100 residents. It's like stepping back in time. There's cows that just walk down the road. There's one place to stay, basically. That's the Mountain Hostel. And not a lot of amenities, nothing except the world's most amazing view, as Jason mentioned, to wake up to. You're literally looking up at the Jungfrau. You're in the Alps. It's fantastic. Speaking of being like high up and really cool, my number five is Kiyomizudera in Kyoto, Japan. Kiyomizudera is basically means the water temple in in Japan it's in Kyoto it is perched up in like you have to walk up a huge hill to get it and you're basically in the treetops like it's like being in a huge huge treehouse now the only thing that takes away from the beauty of this place is the fact that there's you know thousands of visitors streaming to it because it's so beautiful it's this awesome huge wood temple built in amongst the forest like you said you're looking out over the city of kyoto if there was ever a way to be there without any other tourists around i honestly think it would be the most relaxing peaceful place in the entire planet it's Mm. it's so cool i mean even with all those people there you know that tells you how beautiful it is is that you can still feel that feeling with you know thousands of japanese people and well thousands of japanese and tours running around all over the place snapping pictures but it's just it's so cool It's perched above kyoto it's perched above kyoto so you have to walk up a path we actually took the wrong path and end up walking through this huge graveyard um which was a pretty cool experience all the way up to kiyomizudera so then you're looking out over the city and it, so it's like on the side of a hill but it feels like you're in the treetops because you kind of are because there's trees from below you that are you know growing up so you're above them it's it's really, really neat. So Kiyomizu there in Kyoto, uh, you can't miss it if, if you end up going to Japan. Mm, wow. I've always wanted to go to Kyoto too, but I've just heard it's such a beautiful city and it's something, someplace I got to get to. I've been to Tokyo on a stopover for four days, but that was not enough of Japan. I need to get more. Yeah. Kyo- Tokyo is like the brain of Japan, let's say. Kyoto is the heart and soul of Japan, hands down. It's, okay. It's the... It's the cultural center of Japan. It's beautiful. The whole city is beautiful. Biking through Gion and seeing the geisha and stuff like that. But Kiyomizu there in specific was my favorite part of Kyoto. Cool. I'm going to kick over to number four on the list. These were so hard to rank. This place is... I don't know if you've been here. We'll find out in a second. This place is drop-dead, gorgeous, jaw-droppingly beautiful. It's the Nepali coast in Kauai, which is at the base of the Kalalau Valley. And it's a, uh, Kauai is a small island, one of the small islands in Hawaii. The natural beauty there, you could just pretty much rent a car. What we did was I got there on point, so I got free flight, and then we rented a car and just camped. And you can camp on the beach for about $5 a night or free in some places. So we bought a styrofoam cooler at the store 
we loaded up a bunch of food and we just cruised around Hawaii for like a month and went to different islands and stuff and just camped on the beach. So we camped on in Kauai on the beach for five bucks. You wake up, your shower is going snorkeling. It's just in, incredible. You can shower right there on the beach. They always have showers there. So Hawaii is not as expensive as it seems on the outside. If you can figure out or enjoy camping, it makes it a lot more accessible. But the Nepali coast is an absolutely gorgeous place. It's along the coast of Kauai, like I said, in the Kalalau Valley. And if you hike 11 miles in, which we couldn't make it because there were mudslides and there was rain and it was just, it's it's pretty sketchy at times. We couldn't make it to the to the famous beach there. There's a beach about 11 miles in where people, they'll just hike in and like live there for months. But it's just, it's this ideal beach and it's beautiful ocean views. And if you can't make it to the beach, you can still take some boat trips that just run along sort of the cliffs of the Nepali coast. It's absolutely beautiful place. Definitely recommend to go there at some point. Oh man, you have me daydreaming. Me and Heather have actually never been to Hawaii yet, believe it or not. So that sounds awesome. It sounds like the movie The Beach, which with Leonardo DiCaprio, which many of you may have seen. Really, really cool. My number four this is a little different, and I don't know art at all. I will say that to begin with. Like, I'm not an art lover. I'm not an art snob. I really don't even kind of appreciate art most of the time. You know, <laughs> Heather wants to go to the art galleries, and we do. And I see something I like, it might resonate with me a little bit. This is the only piece of art I've ever, ever seen that I was just awestruck by. It's in Florence, and it's Michelangelo's David. And as I said, I don't know anything about art. I can't describe it in any terms that someone who's smarter than me about art would. But we walked in, you know, we were like, oh, we're going to go. We saw the Uffuzi and we did some other stuff. And we, you know, I've seen the Mona Lisa and I was like, eh, big deal. Like, it's kind of cool to think about how everyone in the world knows it, but it's not, it doesn't resonate with me or anything. So we've seen some art that's, you know, obviously very famous. We walked in and I just looked at this statue. I literally felt like I could have stood there for days. it's like you don't want to leave because you're looking at it and you think, how could someone possibly do this? How is it possible that someone has crafted something that looks exactly like a human? And then you think about them doing it, you know, without like the modern technology that we have and things like that. It's, I, I I couldn't move. We 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 you know we stayed there. We looked at it for like twenty minutes. We walked around, saw the other stuff a little bit in a days, and we just came back and just stood there. And eventually the the place closed, and we had to leave. But I really felt like I could have stood there forever and just been in awe of it. I'm blown away that uh, that uh, piece of art made it on the list. I think that's great. It's something I didn't think of. I think it's a. Uh it is absolutely like you said, beyond impressive, beyond words. And didn't Michelangelo say something like his job is it's already in there. He just needs to take the marble away to to bring it out. So it's 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 hard to imagine the genius that's involved in something like that. If you want to read a good book about Michelangelo, I, I read this book called Michelangelo and the Pope's Ceiling. And it's all about the Sistine Chapel and how they brought Michelangelo on to do this and the struggle and what and the whole process and how many years it took and some of the politics involved and everything. It really takes you back to that time and and makes him more of a, a real figure. And it's it's quite an interesting book if you're interested in his stuff. Yeah, that's very cool. And and you know, I've seen like the Sistine Chapel and it was really cool. And it's just crazy to me that Michelangelo did so much stuff 
and it was it was neat and like all oh, I'm not poo pooing the other stuff he did, but to me, yeah. this is like nothing I've seen before. And and I think that is because I don't know art. I'm not a, an art historian. I can't appreciate everything. I just know when I saw this, I thought, oh my gosh, I I can't like it just floors you. It literally floored me. I, I couldn't believe it. And that I had to put on the list. I, I wasn't thinking about it either until I started thinking about where have I been and I've sat there and thought this is this is literally jaw dropping. Like I can't move. I'm just in awe of it. And that came right to my head and I thought yeah, that's pretty crazy. That tells you how um, how cool it really is. That's amazing. I, I love that you put that on the list. And uh, that's, yeah, that's I think that's a great call. My number three is a place that, and this is where maybe we're bending the rules a little bit because I'm going to go You've already with, bent them. You already said all European cities. So I'm going to go with a, a bit of another regional type of thing here. But if Michelangelo had a giant palette and he could paint nature's most beautiful landscapes on planet earth i would guess that maybe michelangelo painted patagonia the region in south america that's in the southern area split between argentina and chile encompasses about a million little over a million square kilometers so that that's a big <laughs> that's a big region but patagonia is is a place that i spent about four months traveling around in 2006, and I'm doing a whole episode on it actually, and in one of the Trekking Week episodes, it's it's dun, just dun, dun, Trekking it's, Week. <laughs> trekking Week. It's just so accessible with the nature. You can see some of the most beautiful glaciers in the world, the Prieto Moreno Glacier. You can literally take a boat right in front of it and watch a glacier just losing ice and caving off into the sea you can go trekking for multi-day hikes all over the place you know there's there are base towns that are it's like sort of adventure towns we hiked up uh to a top of a volcano and looked down into the lava actually saw the lava in the cone of the volcano so i have pictures of me just standing with lava in the background like shooting up uh, the adventures you can have whitewater rap. hey mom it's lava look it's lava <laughs> yeah exactly the rivers there are so pristine and beautiful we did fly fishing whitewater rafting some world-class whitewater rafting on the Futalafu river in chile uh, southern argentina los glaciares national park you can go to Ushuaia, which is the southernmost city on the planet that's a beautiful little port where people leave to go to antarctica it's, it's just there's just so much beautiful stuff from the nature to the little towns and the Argentinian people are absolutely wonderful. So to sit down and share mate with a group of Argentinians, to eat steak, to have Malbec wine, just Patagonia rocks my world. It could be number one, but I slotted it in at number three because... Again, this is a hard list to build. So It's impossible, yeah. yeah. Well, this is either the best or worst podcast to do before I try to go to sleep. Either A, I'm not going to be able to sleep because I'm just dreaming of these amazing places you brought up, or B, I'm going to have the most wonderful dreams of me being in those places. I've never been to Argentina. I cannot wait to go. That just sounds fantastic. For me, my number three, and this was on the road trip episode again, um, but I couldn't take it off the list, was the drive. We did a drive on um, the Icefields Parkway. We went all the way actually from Edmonton to Vancouver. So if anyone has a chance to do it, I mean, do it. But a portion of this drive really was even more beautiful than others. And that was, we took Highway 5A from Kamloops 
to Merritt, and it's about an hour and a half drive, two hour drive. You're supposed to stay on the highway. We made a mistake. If you take five, which is the normal highway, it's a four lane highway, but 5A is just a two lane highway. And I'm glad we made the mistake of doing that because it was just up and down and up and down these hills, beautiful green hills. We did it in August. I, I can't speak to what it looks like in the other times of year. I'm sure it's beautiful, but these crystal blue lakes, these huge rolling green hills, not a person in sight, not a house in sight. As I said on the road trips on, I don't know who lives there. I don't know who owns it, but it was it was fantastic. It was like driving through the luscious greenest you know, valleys that I could imagine. And I just, you know, it was a total mistake. We weren't supposed to take that road. We ended up taking it and it turned out to be one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. So sometimes wow, it's awesome when those type of things happen, huh? Oh yeah. A lucky, a lucky turn off or a not so lucky turn off turns into an amazing adventure. There's nothing better. Nothing better. What's your number two, Jace? Now we're getting into the nitty gritty here. Before I get into my top two, I'm going to do one more honorable mention. <laughs> See, I just, I at least front load him in the beginning. You say, oh, I don't have any. And then you just come on in with honorable mentions interspersed throughout. Well, you, you mentioned Rolling Hills and this just popped into my head. I was like, this could totally be on my top seven list here. And it is the fall. It's an autumnal, autumnal, autumnal. How do you pronounce that word? Autumnal? It's, it's, it's the right season Tis for the it, right? Season. Tis Tis the season. season. A drive in Vermont in the fall is something unlike anything on the planet with the multicolored leaves, something about Vermont in the fall. Have you ever done it? We we have been through Vermont in the fall-ish, never when it's like completely changed and perfect, um, yeah. but we, we've seen parts of it, yeah. It's like a fall Jackson Pollock painting if you want to go back onto the art thing. So anyway, I'll leave that back out there because I got to get into my top two, but I just wanted to throw that out there for all you Vermont people. For Ethan, our buddy Ethan that was on your podcast, the tiny house guy, he was on mine as well. He lives in Vermont. So big shout outs to Ethan there. Number two is a place near, not near, but on the other side of the country where I am right now. And that's in Norway. And we went on a road trip in Norway about two and a half years ago when I first came here to spend time with my now wife, which is a whole other story. But I thought it was a great way to just get to know a country. So instead of just showing up and we were going to take a trip somewhere else, it's like, why don't we do a road trip in Norway? I haven't spent any time there. I was just only in Oslo for a few days before we went on a road trip. And a road trip is just such an amazing way to just get to know a place. If you can just get on the ground and just take a road trip, you can get familiar pretty quick. So we took a road trip and we ended up eventually in this place on the West Coast called Fjordland. It's like F-J-A-E-R-L-A-N-D, Fjordland. It's it's hard to pronounce these words out here, Trap. I'm surprised there's not more vowels in it, actually, like <laughs> O-O-E-A-O-O. Yeah, I just decided to sign up for Benny, our buddy Benny's list uh, uh, over at fluentin3months.com because he's the ultimate language hacking guru. And I said, you know what? Well, hopefully, Anadorta, my wife, doesn't listen to this episode, but I want to try to surprise her and maybe get some skills in Norwegian because I've just been slacking on learning Norwegian. So Nice. Do it on the sly. Yeah, I'm going to do it on the sly. See if we can. This is this is really on the sly right now as we're talking about it on the podcast. But yeah, this place has uh, one of the... It, it is actually close to the largest glacier in mainland Europe. And glacier, I, I'm going to totally butcher the name. It's Jostedalbreen. 
something like that. Again, I need practice with Norwegian. But this was the most incredible hike I've ever been on. Could possibly be if I had to rank hikes, which is totally impossible. Maybe that's another episode. But the number one hike I've ever been on, because you hike up to a glacier. So imagine standing at the top of beautiful mountains, summer, Norway, greenery all around, rocks, breathtaking, jaw-dropping scenery. You look one way and you're looking at a glacier, one of the largest glaciers in Europe. Then you turn around 180 degrees and you're looking at a Norwegian fjord cut in to the mountains, the water coming in and the cliffs with waterfalls pouring off of them. It's like no other place on earth. It was going to be my number one, but you'll see why it wasn't in just a minute. There's a little... It wasn't your number one because you you couldn't pronounce it. (laughs) That's probably true. Gosh, (laughs) I need some help with the language thing. But yeah, that's my number two. I cannot wait to head to Norway at some point. Um, My number two is one that everyone knows about. Everyone thinks it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. So it has all this hype around it. But it lives up to it. I mean, it was, it's even the background for Microsoft Windows, one of the Microsoft Windows, you know, when you could pick like five backgrounds. It was even one of them, I believe. You see it on all, I always see it on all the mailers when like Chase sends me a mailer of like 40,000 points, you know, a world of possibilities, vacation here. And they have this picture on it. And that is Maya Bay in Thailand. So speaking of the movie, The Beach. Um, with Leonardo DiCaprio, that's where this was actually filmed. It's right off the coast of Kopp, the island, right off the you know the the west coast of Thailand. Maya Bay is stunning. If you ever see pictures of those long tail boats with the flags on them, and they have the you know the the kind of cliffs in the background, this bright blue water, that is Maya Bay. I will tell you though, since they filmed the beach there, it's become a huge tourist hotspot. Everyone's thought this is the most beautiful place in the world. So, what I would suggest you can you know you can get tour boats to go out there. You can go out during the day, but if you go out during the day, it's it's still beautiful. Like I said with Kiyomizadera in Kyoto, it's still amazing. But what I would suggest is rent a long tail boat. Again, you can do it for like twenty or thirty bucks a day max, probably. You know, you can bring all your food on. You can tell the guy to take you anywhere you want to go for the whole day. You just run him for the whole day. Go out early in the morning. We're talking like six, seven o'clock before all the regular tourist boats get out there. If you have it to yourself, it's, I, I mean, it is wow. the most. That's a great, that's a great tip. Yeah. It's, it's the most beautiful place that I can imagine, except for maybe my number one, because we still have one to go. But it's it's so fantastic. Um, again, if you if you can't get to Thailand yet, rent the movie The Beach and just watch it, and and you'll see how amazing it is. But if you're in Thailand, definitely go to My Bay and make sure to go early because beating the crowds is you know it's usually worth it when you travel. Here, it's like a million times more worth it to have this exquisite place all to yourself. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to get yourself out of bed, but for something like that, it sounds so, so worth it. So worth it. All right, here it is. Number one right now? If we had a drum roll, I wish I could hit a key and a drum roll would play. Can we get that drum roll, Chris? Chris Come on, add this in. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we need that pad, and we're going to be like a couple of those radio DJs you hear, like, hey, drum roll, please. No, number one. 
You're going to hate me for this, man. Should I do an honorable mention first? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm You kidding. haven't thrown I'm enough kidding. in there yet. Uh, I'm kidding. You're going to hate me for this because it's, again, another uh, sort of rule-breaking one, I guess. Every rural number- area in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> the entire world, everybody. Number one is the entire the world. The world is beautiful. No, I, I am an absolute advocate and very passionate about these places and that is america's national parks america's national parks are (laughs) travis is shaking his head because he just can't believe i I took it this far but one of these days guys i promise i will hold jason actually giving a specific (laughs) answer as his number one one of these days i'm gonna highlight a couple of them highlight a couple but I've mentioned this in past episodes. The National Parks Pass is one of the most incredible deals that you can get. Not only does it help the National Park Service support all the national parks and the nature and the facilities, but it's $80 and you get unlimited access to the national parks across the USA for an entire year. So how do you beat that? That's that's <laughs> the best deal going. And there's endless trails and things to do and things to explore sunset at the grand canyon is absolutely epic and something if you're in america and you have a chance to experience it it's it's just something that's otherworldly i think it's just beautiful the way the light hits and it's it's awesome experience sunset or sunrise depending on which part of the grand canyon you're at uh, that's a highlight. Yellowstone and Grand Teton, such gorgeous places. Utah has some of the most uh, spectacular national parks. You got Zion. Um, you've got Bryce Canyon, which has very unique rock formations. It's just so, so much. It, the list goes on and on and on. And it's, uh, it's, I know it's a bit comprehensive, but when you look at number one, I'm thinking number one, world's most beautiful places. And I just have a thing for the national parks, man. I have a crush on the national parks. I had to go that, that into my number one spot. We'll we'll give you a little leeway here. I mean, you didn't you didn't give us whole continents yet, right? Other than cities in Europe, you weren't saying like number one, Asia. Asia is <laughs> beautiful. So we'll give you a little leeway. You're learning. You're yeah. you're getting there. Okay. Slowly, um, we'll whittle you down to giving specific answers. But uh, no, I I agree. Yeah. The national parks, like you said, the deal is fantastic, and there are so many amazing ones. It really just depends what you want. My number one is a little more specific. I mentioned in the beginning that I floated in this spot every single day for four months. So obviously, it's it's a body of water around a body of water. And that is Lake Geneva in Lausanne, Switzerland. I also was going to put Interlaken, like you mentioned, the mountain hostel on mine. And I just decided... For me, I lived in a town called Roll, right outside of Lausanne, Switzerland. We had a house on a vineyard that was literally steps from Lake Geneva. And every single day when I would get done work, it started in July when it was actually really warm. And I Mm -hmm. stayed all the way up through October. And I would go and I would jump in Lake Geneva and I would just float on my back. And I would just be looking at the Alps, across the way at the Alps, because Evian, France, was on the other side of the lake from us. So I'd just be looking at the Alps. I'd be floating in this water. You know, you could see the vineyards all through, you know, below it and everything like that. And I just thought... It doesn't get better than this. I will, I, you know, I just, and that was kind of before I traveled a ton too. And, and it really hasn't gotten better than that. I mean, there have been places that have been amazing, but to me, you know, I knew from the very first day I got there, this is 
exceedingly gorgeous. And that's mm. why I even made my, I even told my friends that I was living with, I said, every day I'm going to go swimming in that lake because I don't know when I'm going to get a chance like this again. I don't know when I'm going to live in a mansion on a vineyard again in outside Lausanne, Switzerland. So uh, Make probably me jealous. Yeah, probably never is the answer to that. So I knew that and I would just jump in. And even if it was freezing cold, I would just sit there and float for a few minutes, sometimes for like an hour, hour and a half. It's amazing. Um, so if anyone does go to that region, to Geneva or Lausanne, you know, obviously get in the lake, but there is also a really awesome boat tour you can do. Um, you can get on and off the boat at different places. The Chateau de Chillon, which is down in Montreux, is one of the coolest sites I've ever been to as well. It's a really cool castle on the lake, in the lake type thing. So um, that area, but yeah, Lake Geneva in Lausanne, Switzerland. Mm, slice Crazy. of paradise after work every day. That sounds just like a, an amazing experience. <laughs> yeah, if you have to work, you might as well have that to come home to, right? Right. So there you go, guys. Our top, you know, 14, it was supposed to be it probably, we probably ended up mentioning 20 to 25, but our top places are the most beautiful spots we've ever been in the world. Again, Jace mentioned in the beginning, we want your comments because there's so many places out there. Please let us know. Even if you don't usually comment, you listen to this podcast and you think, hey, always ask me for comments. Come on, guys. Let us know. com slash beautiful spot. Me and Jace need more places to go, right? We don't have, en- we don't have enough wanderlust yet. Shoot us those. Let us know. We really, really appreciate it. You know, let us know if we're wrong. Let us know if we've if we've forgot something. Maybe we've been there. Maybe we forgot. Or, you know, just pick on Jason for not giving you any specific answers. That's cool too, right? <laughs> Let's try to keep Travis up at night dreaming so he can't get to sleep with uh with some of your destinations. Yeah, guys. And again, we we have a lot of fun doing this. We really appreciate the support. We appreciate you making us number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. You know, we appreciate the support with Podcast Gluttony. This is, you know, we're coming to the end of September here. As Jason has alluded to other times, he's going to keep doing the daily podcast, whether you like it or not. I need positive reinforcement, folks. So let us know what you like, what kind of shows you want. You know, if you have suggestions for topics, anything like that, you can email me, Trav at extrapackofpeanuts.com. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. I'm going to read the featured review very quickly. Jace, this is a really quick one, but it, it's a really great one. I, I, I read this and I thought, thank you so much, Choo Choo 545. We really appreciate it, Choo Choo 545. Five stars. He said, always learning. And he said, every time I listen to one of the podcasts, I learn a minimum of five new things. I love wow. them. Keep them coming. I hope you learned at least you learned over five things today. That's for sure. Pack full that's of so information nice. here, Jace. Yeah, that's so nice. That's a great comment. Yeah. So choo choo five four five. Thank you so much, Jace. Why don't you send the listeners off? I want you to send them off today. Okay, I'll send them off. They can hear me, guys. We really appreciate it. It's a Monday, so we'll be coming at you again tomorrow on Tuesday. So until tomorrow, happy free travels. Take care.